Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Setting Captives Free podcast. I'm Mike Cleveland here with my good brother, my dear friend, and I'm so excited to be here with you, Eric, to start this podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Mike. It's so good to be back doing another podcast with you. I'm, I'm e- eager to get started and eager to see what the Lord's going to show us today as we read together. Amen. We are going to start a new series of podcasts. I think the Lord has laid it on our heart to begin this series because um, for those of you who don't know, Eric has a book coming out, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, and it's called The Gospel for the Church, Rediscovering the Power of the Cross. And what we thought we would do is, I don't know if you've ever read a book and you thought to yourself, wow, I wish I could sit down with the author and ask questions. I, I wish he could explain more thoroughly and, and help me understand this better. And so I have the opportunity of doing that today. And so we are going to look at this book called The Gospel for the Church Together. And I get to interview the author. I get to ask additional questions. We, we get to see where the, the Holy Spirit might take us as we look at this text together. And so, uh, Eric, I've got the, uh, the book, uh, the online version of it, right in front of me. We're looking today at Lesson 1, and it's called The Chief Goal of the Church. That's the title of Lesson 1, The Chief Goal of the Church. Now, as you think about this subject, The Chief Goal of the Church, um, Eric, we're starting right with a title, but but why did you title it the chief goal of the church? Why was that important to you? Well, I wanted uh, it to be clear that there was a chief goal. Um, and there was, there was a su- very specific goal uh, for the church. This is the chief goal. Um, this is the, the main message. The main goal of the church uh, is to uh, preach the gospel. Uh, you know, we're to go into all the world and... Uh, right here in our homes, wherever we're at, brother, we're to be a testimony of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And so I wanted us to be very clear in the beginning that this is the chief goal of the church. Uh, This is what every church, every professing church of Jesus Christ needs to be. This needs to be their message. This needs to be their drumbeat. Uh, This needs to be in every teaching. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be able to to title it this way. And hopefully uh, it will remind us uh, that the church does have a chief goal. And 
and to remind us what that chief goal is. And I think as I read through this lesson again in preparation for this podcast, it is so helpful to me because we'll see as we continue on, you basically take us by the hand and not only tell us what the chief goal of the church is, but you explain it and unfold it and illustrate it in such a marvelous way. So I'm eager to get going with you. Uh, let's just begin. You take as your first verse, an interesting verse, in Revelation 3.20, says, Behold, I stand at the door, and I'm reading from the Amplified, Eric, and it says, Behold, I stand at the door of the church, and continually knock. This is so sad to me, Eric, because Jesus is outside of the church, knocking and he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. That is, restore him and he with me. Um, this is sad to me because nothing has changed since these words were uh, penned. Hmm. That Jesus was outside the church knocking to get in. It's heartbreaking, isn't it, brother? Yeah, this, every time I read this passage, it, it does, it pierces my heart. It, it hurts my heart. And to think that the owner, uh, the one that purchased the church with his own blood, would not only be on the outside of the door, but, and not just knocking either. He's continually knocking. He's, it's as if he's begging to let me in. Uh, he's knocking continually. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to see my wounds. I'm the purchaser. I, I, I'm the one that, the reason you're here, I'm supposed to be. I, I see the wounds on my hands? See the wounds in my feet? Can you see the stripes on my back? I'm knocking continually because I love you. And I want you to open the door and let me come in. Be restored. I want, I want to eat with you. I want to be intimate with you. I want this to be your message. Bring me back in. And so, yeah, this, this really hurts my heart to think about. Um, and we see, uh, you know, as we read on, it says, Today Jesus is standing at the door of many churches knocking. His des he desires to come in and eat with believers, to be intimate and close to us, the church. But Why? Is the door not open to him? How is it that the rightful owner who purchased the church with his blood is standing outside? Why is Jesus continually knocking? So yes, brother, this definitely uh, is a very sad uh, verse for us to read. Well, I think it's important that you answer the questions that you just asked, um, because everyone, as they read this passage, should be saying, why is he outside? Why? He owns the church. He's the head of the church. Why is the head of the church located on the outside of the church? And in the next paragraph, you describe a lukewarm church. Now, that's in Revelation 3.16, a few verses before what we just read. A lukewarm church um, is in Jesus described a lukewarm church as a church that he wanted to vomit out of his mouth, 
I don't know if you've ever, you know, cold water is, is good and refreshing. You know, sometimes when you're really cold, warm water heats you up, but a luke, lukewarm, that can be nauseating. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus said a lukewarm church in Revelation 3.16, you say, Eric, that this is a church that has abandoned the message of the cross. So that the cross is no longer the central part of sermons and teachings. It's not the main goal. It's not the main focus. Um, and so because the message is missing, that then is what has Jesus on the outside. And so I think what you're saying here is that Jesus himself and the message of the cross are united. Oh, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Um, And you see, we open the door to other things and other teachings. And as soon as we do that, when it's void of the power of the cross, when it's void of talking about and connecting the passages of Scripture to Jesus' death on the cross, his blood that was shed, and his resurrection from the dead, we've, when we abandon that, we are closing the door, and we are opening the door to other things. For example, uh, whatever teachings uh, or preaching that we're doing, if we're not connecting it to the cross, we have opened the door to that other teaching, but we've closed the door onto the message that Jesus gave us. When we bring in outside worldly teachings. Uh, This is why you and I talk about programs a lot, because that is opening the door to other teachings void of the power of the cross. In other words, void of the power to crucify our flesh, Uh, void of the power for us to die to sin and be raised to new life. Then it becomes works. It becomes other programs. And we've easily opened the door. Uh, The church has easily opened the door to those things. And yet in opening those doors, it has shut the door and left Jesus on the outside. You know, and this is why this book was written, uh, because the church needs so desperately to rediscover the power of the cross. Um, You know, it is so... Uh, opposite of what the world teaches with its philosophies and human traditions and step groups and so forth. The church needs to rediscover the power of the cross, brother. And this is what we're talking about. Yes, it does indeed. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. And so, Eric, here you see that the gospel is connected with the spirit. So if you receive a different gospel, you'll get a different spirit. Whereas if you get the real gospel, 
the death of Jesus for your sin, you get the real spirit of God, and therefore you have the power of God, which is a miraculous, divine, supernatural power, and that comes from the message of the cross. And so when you leave out the message of the cross, you are leaving out divine, supernatural, miracle-working power. Hmm. And so the church becomes lukewarm and dead, powerless, just merely religion. Uh, and so this is what you've said in this book um, about programs that come in, you know, Churches want to have something to offer people, and that's good. But if you're not offering something to them that has the power of God, the Holy Spirit, then what you're offering them is not truly going to help them. It might for a minute, for a time, but ultimately in the long run, there's no power to it, and they get a different spirit from it. Um, now, Eric, we go on to verse 21, and Jesus is giving us a promise here, Revelation 3.21. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down beside my Father on his throne. And here you say that the promise to the overcoming church is connected to the power of the gospel. Now, where, where do you see that? Well, he who overcomes, it says uh, that as I have overcame and sat down beside my father on his throne. In other words, where did he overcome at? Well, he was put to death on a cross, brother, for us to purchase the church. Uh, and he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he rose and then he ascended to his father and sat down, indicating that, his, that it was completely finished. Uh, it was finished on the cross. Uh, but this is where he overcame. Uh, he triumphed over death. He put sin to death for us on the cross that we might look and believe in him, that we might believe that we were crucified with him. This is the place where we overcome in him, through him, and by his spirit as you so well said. And this is where Jesus, he ascended to his father. The mission was complete and he sat down. <laughs> Just amazing to consider. And this is how we need to read these passages. We don't ever want to skip over and, and think of just about our own overcoming, uh, leaving out the message of the cross. We must connect it every, every chance we get because this is the whole reason that we have the word of God. It points to the cross from start to finish. And if we leave it out, brother, like you so well said, we receive a different spirit. We have no power to overcome. But what that really does is keep us focused inwardly and on ourself and on our sin. But this is why we, we desire to look at the cross where it was completely, sin was completely eradicated in Jesus's flesh. Um, it was completely buried in that tomb, and he rose and sat down, brother. It's just marvelous to consider. And, and you summarize this in that paragraph by saying, our overcoming of the world, the flesh, and the devil is tied to the ongoing hearing of this message. So, Eric, let's take that the opposite way as well. What if we don't hear 
the message of the cross? What if we don't hear of the love of God in going to the cross and suffering in our place, of putting our sin to death in his own death, of rising triumphant over our sin and over uh, death and the grave? What if we, if we don't hear that message? Well, then we don't overcome. Um, we live, it, this is why I believe John Piper wrote this statement where he said, wrong preaching can lead to an entire church in uh, living wrong. <laughs> uh, and, and what is right preaching? It's preaching that's focused like a laser on the Son of God suffering in the place of sinful man of the Son of God breaking sin's power through the shedding of his blood, of the Son of God and the Son of Man accomplishing our salvation, completing the work, um, and overcoming death. And as we, we listen to that message, Eric, it stirs up love in my heart and gives me the power of the Spirit and enables me to walk by the Spirit. And as I walk by the Spirit, I don't live in the lusts of my flesh. And so this is why you said that our own overcoming of the world, the flesh, and the devil is tied to the ongoing hearing of this message. And that's so important because what you've done here, and I don't want to get ahead because you, you actually say this later, but that's why the gospel is for the church it's for the world to get them saved, yes, but it's for the church to overcome sin. Mm. And that is, is critical. And I'd like to ask you to just read this next paragraph because you seemingly wrote it with such passion. And if you would, would you just read this next paragraph? Are you talking about, oh, friend? Yes. There? Okay. Oh, friend, may the church hold... Uh, may the church worldwide return wholeheartedly to the message of the cross that we might see many people die to sin and rise with Jesus to new life. This course is an invitation to open the door to Jesus through returning to the message of the cross that we might experience wonderful and intimate fellowship with him. Uh, this is so powerful. Like you said, brother, if we, do, if we don't hear this message then we remain in captivity. If, if we don't hear this message, uh, then we're not being sanctified properly. Yes, it's a salvation message, but it's a sanctification message. That's why you said uh, here, ongoing hearing of this message, that it stirs our heart. Everybody, brother, wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be accepted in some form or another, and this is what the cross accomplishes. When we return to this message, when we see Jesus lifted up and pierced and wounded for us, that we see that by his stripes we're healed. We're healed. We're not, we don't remain a slave. We don't remain in captivity. That's why the church needs to wholeheartedly return to this message. That's why we desire to pray that the church worldwide returns to it, that they might preach it that others might hear it. And brother, we often say, when we're preaching it ourselves, we're preaching it to ourselves. We're listening as well. And anybody that has this message, we wanna to listen to. 
Because as you said, we see how much we're loved and we all desire this. Uh, the intimacy that we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, you talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I betrothed you as a pure virgin to Christ. This is deep intimacy we see at the cross. This is the love of God, the mercy and grace of God that we see here at the cross, totally different than any other messages where we focus on self and sin. No, we focus on our Savior and freedom, the love that it has for us. Uh, this is why we desperately pray and hope that the church worldwide returns to this message to experience the intimacy and the power of the cross. And uh, brother, it's, it's just wonderful to be able to do these podcasts and talk about this with you. Yes, I, I appreciate so much your passion. Um, you know, we're talking life and death. We're talking uh, overcoming sin or not. You know, we're, we're talking about important and weighty matters. And we're very serious about this because we ourselves have experienced the effects of crossless preaching. Um, we've also experienced the power of God in the message of the cross. Eric, I think of, of John chapter 1, and it starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hmm. And what John is doing is connecting the message that God wants to communicate with God himself, with the presence of God. The Word, the message that God communicates, was God. And so when you give out the message that God wants to communicate to this world, you're communicating God himself. God has put himself in his Word. Um, and we're speaking here of the Word of the Cross, the, the message that God has given us. And so when Jesus is outside the church knocking, what we know is that the message isn't being proclaimed because the Word was God. If they had the Word, the message of the cross, they would have God, the presence of God, because they're, they're connected, aren't they? Yes, they are. That's beautiful, brother. I love that. And this is exactly what we're talking about, getting back um, and in rediscovering this power. Well, I'm excited about this, Eric, because I, I look over the landscape of the church and I look and see what could be. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what could be? What, what are the possibilities of the church? The church could be the power of God in a lost and dying world. The church could be the, the place where people come to experience God himself, where they are, are loved in their hearts, where the spirit is given to them and they begin to live differently and marriages are reunited that were going their own ways and, and people who used to call themselves addicts in recovery, now they're actually set free from sin. You know, this is where people, they're, they're, even their bodies become healed. 
if God chooses. And, and because there's all this supernatural power flowing. And, and what you're saying is that to see that happen, all those miracles happen, the message of the cross needs to be central in every sermon, in every teaching, in every counseling, in every time we have an opportunity. And we will see this type of a powerful church where people are overcoming, right? As Jesus said, he who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me. And he ties that into the message of his own death and resurrection. Eric, I'm really excited about this study with you. Uh, I feel like it's a, a privilege that I have to be able to sit with you and ask you questions about what you've written. And uh, we'll be providing this additional content on the lessons themselves uh, so that people can not only read it, but they would get the they'd get it in a different manner with additional content, with additional scripture, and it will just really fill out the experience. So I really want to thank you as we bring this podcast to a close. Um, I felt like it was important that we just focus on this initial introduction of your seeing your passion for the church to discover the power of the cross again. So thank you so much for taking your time to come and answer these questions to fellowship with me. And uh, let's pray right now for the church worldwide, brother, to rediscover the power of the cross. Would you do that? Yeah. And, and right before I do that, let, let me just say that I'm so grateful, Mike, to be here with you today as well. And, you know, I was just talking with my wife, Sylvia, this morning. Uh, this piggybacks on what you were just saying about the power. What would it be like if the church rediscovered this power? What would it be like worldwide to focus on this one message? Well, brother, my entire life has been changed. Every aspect of my living uh, you know, my marriage was going one way, and that was down. It was going down. It was heading toward divorce, for example, uh, until the message of the cross circumcised my heart and put the old Eric to death, and I raised to new life. And this is just one example of what could happen when the church rediscovers the power of the cross my marriage went from, from death itself, uh, from lack of love, from self-centeredness to, brother, to being put to death in our hearts, receiving a new heart, receiving the Spirit of God, and raising to new life. And now we have a marriage that's dynamic. Can you imagine this one area? In all churches, hearing the gospel message, hearing the message of life and power, where Jesus is no longer standing, knocking continually on the outside of the church, marriages raised up and healed, you know, uh, husbands being the leaders and the protectors, priests and providers of their homes, loving their wives. Um, it's just so powerful to experience uh, this is why we're so passionate about this message. Hearing this message and hearing the love of God through the death of Christ is what does it. This is what changes us completely. And, and we focus on one message, 
and everything in your life changes. And, and this is the power of God. This is the power of the gospel to completely and radically change everything in, in one person's life. And then it's just so amazing. And, and so what would it, your question has penetrated my heart. What would it look like worldwide for the church to rediscover the power of the cross? Brother, let me pray that right now. Our Father in heaven, we are just so thankful that we, we get to discuss the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We get to discuss the power of the Spirit living inside us. I love to consider the, the cross, what Jesus did for us, purchasing, pardoning our sin, redeeming us, purchasing us out of the slavery market, freeing us from all forms of habitual sin, putting sin to death in his own body for us. This is how much we're loved, that Christ would come and be obedient to death, even death on a cross, that we might find life and freedom and breathe our first breath of life as we receive the Spirit by hearing the message and seeing Jesus lifted up for us. Oh, Lord, we pray that the church worldwide would rediscover the power of the cross, wholeheartedly return to the message of the cross, that the doors would fly open and Jesus would be welcomed in, that he would be presenting his wounds, his hands, his feet, and his side. The fountain opened up for us, and the fountain that we drink from, the fountain that we wash in, the fountain that we live in, where we're washed white as snow at the foot of the cross as Jesus' blood is pouring out over us, rescuing us and saving us and cleansing us. Not just saving us, but continually washing, washing us. Oh, Lord, we just pray that the church worldwide would hear the message would return to the message, would, would find intimacy in the message, and return through its preaching and teaching in every sermon, in every teaching, would, would find the cross to be central in it. Uh, that way we would be teaching and preaching the power of God, found in the death and resurrection of your precious Son through his precious blood. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.